Now to the UK and a social media true crime phenomenon with a tragedy at its centre, but not, in truth, a crime at all, it seems. In January, Nicola Bully from Lancashire disappeared during a morning river walk with her dog after dropping her two children to school. Over the weeks she was missing, publicity around the case led to a flood of social media sleuthing, including by TikTok and YouTube self-appointed detectives who didn't believe the police's early theory that Ms Bully had probably fallen into the river. About three weeks after she disappeared, police did find Ms Bully's body in the river and they say there's no evidence of the involvement of third parties. Joining us to discuss this case is Graham Wetton, former UK police officer and author of the book How to Be a Police Officer. He's also a police trainer. Graham Wetton, welcome to Sunday Extra. Hi, Jim. Graham, could you describe for us some of the unusual things that started happening because of the social media interest and I suppose the general media interest in the disappearance of Nicola Bully? Yeah, this is one of those cases that, that seems to attract the attention of uh, the whole of the UK media at a very early stage, uh, and then also almost like gain momentum on social media. So Lancashire Police had a real tough task in basically managing the desire for information from the recognised media, but also the information that the public wanted and was being speculated and, and almost guessed about on social media and various forums. So it was a, a huge case in the UK um, from a very early stage, and almost a lack of information or detail that the police were giving out in the early stages just led to even more speculation. Yeah, and it led to some extraordinary situations as well with uh, third parties sort of descending on the scene, mm. um, orders having to be made by police. Uh, are you aware of the, some of the detail of that? Yeah, it's a really unusual case in the fact that the Lancashire Police eventually, after a few days, had to put um, a dispersal order in, and the police have got powers in the UK where we can put a, a dispersal order in a, in a certain geographical location so people can't come back into that area. So Lancashire Police used that, that those laws, that legislation, to stop these people because we had people literally driving from across, across parts of the UK to go to the location where Nicola had last been seen, um, and start looking around for her and even breaking into like derelict premises just to start doing their own searches. Mm, yeah, it's pretty extraordinary. I uh, saw so one YouTuber, Dan Duffy, uh, posted a video of himself joining the search and was fined with a public order yeah. offence. A, a TikToker, a Curtis Cool Stuff, posted a video of a man digging up woodland who had nothing to do with the case. And then, as you said, there was that dispersal order yeah. near the case. I suppose, Graham, um, as you've said, information from the public uh, is an important source in a police investigation, but it became very problematic here. What was it, do you think, about this case compared to, I think it's about 150,000 people who go missing each year in the UK that, that made it uh, attract so much attention? I think it's just that the natural curiosity that, that it, it, I mean, this is a, is a, a you know, young mum's gone out with, with mm. totally normal day, drop the girls that's on for a walk with a dog and then just suddenly disappears. So it, I think it just, it just the, um, the attention, the interest of, of a majority of people Police were still conducting their, their normal searches. They were convinced she'd gone in the in the river from the information they had at the at the time from her first game missing, which wasn't initially made public, but they clearly had information that led them down a specific line of inquiries, albeit they kept an open mind for other theories about her either walking away herself or maybe being abduct, abducted. But there was no evidence to support those other theories. So they were fairly convinced she'd gone into the river. Um, 
So they kept on focusing their searches on the river. But clearly, the public just just literally had so much attention on this case, mm. and the media were there as well. So we had like twenty four seven media covering the police searches and the police actions, and the public just wanted more information. Um, and it comes a line, a time, and a fine line where you ask for information from the public. You work on that, but you actually don't want them getting too much involved in the actual investigation itself. Yes, and Lancashire Police did say that the volume of speculation and the volume of in to the police actually became problematic for the investigation. It got to the point, indeed, that they held a, a press conference to dispel some of the myths swirling around the disappearance of Nicola Bully. Um, uh, Martin Underhill, former Dorset Police and Crime Commissioner, has described Lancashire Police's communications as a, a car crash, saying they lost control. I watched the press conference, to be honest, I thought they didn't do a bad job. It seemed like there was not much more that they could do. But what did you think of the way Lancashire Police dealt with this extraordinary situation? I thought they did a really good job. Um, from a policing perspective, from a searching perspective, I think the environment to search in. Um, it's a tidal river. It goes out into Morecambe Bay and towards the Irish Sea. So it's a tidal river. It comes in and out. Uh, it's fairly long, uh, lengthy. Um, it widens out as it goes down. So... I think it's a really tough search environment. The water wasn't that clear, mm. so you could, you could barely see your hand in front. So the underwater search teams had a real tough task, and it wasn't just the police. We had fire and rescue services there as well. So there's a multitude of agencies trying to search, and they were going over the same areas time and time again. The press conferences initially started off at the, in the first week or so with some information. You had the senior investigating officer appear. I thought they did a really good job with that interview. I thought she actually almost like took, took everybody through the pieces of information they had, the evidence they gathered, um, they negated all other possible theories and were still left at that time with the fact that Nicola must mm. have gone into the river because there was nothing else that could happen. And it comes back down to just following the evidence. And once you exclude all other possibilities, you're left with the only option that could have possibly happened. And as, as has been borne out, she, she was in the river. She was found a couple of days after that press conference. Yeah. And the senior investigator, a female, was criticised uh, for releasing details about what they uh, described, I think, as a particular vulnerability mm. that Miss Bully had because of what she was experiencing at the time. Um, it, it later emerged that it was uh, an alcohol problem and that she'd been uh, struggling with health challenges related to perimenopause. Mm. Uh, Clearly, the police were trying to strike a balance uh, between uh, acknowledging information which they thought was relevant to the investigation, but not sort of impinging on the privacy of Ms Bully and her family. Do you think they could have done a better job with that, or is it just a difficult situation and they were doing their best? I think in the circumstances, and, and we're talking about almost quite a fast-time investigation, but it was moving, you know, the, the, the speculation, the false allegations that were going out... Um, we're coming out more and more. So I think they had to eventually come out and say, we've had this information from day one. This is why she was classed as a high-risk missing person. You know, we've got other information that, that led us to believe she was in the river. So I think they had to say something. They, they put the, they used the term vulnerabilities in the first press conference, but then within a short space of time, I think an hour or two, they then released a written statement saying, actually, the vulnerabilities were mm. alcoholism and these, these medical problems. And I think they had to do that because, again, having used the word vulnerabilities, people then started speculating what the vulnerabilities were and wrongly speculating. Mm. And what hasn't been that widely reported is the actual family supported the police releasing some of this information. There was a phrase, I think, from the family saying, Nikki, we know you won't want this out in the public, but we just need to put this out because there were so much false allegations and accusations going on 
that the police felt they had to put something out there to negate those. They've been widely criticised for it, but I think they're almost in a in a no-win situation with that. They had to say something mm. and put some information out there that would stop stop at least some of these false allegations going on. After Nicola's body was found, the family released a statement and it singled out specifically Sky News and ITV for making contact with the family uh, when they'd expressly asked for privacy and they asked, do the press and other media channels and so-called professionals not know when to stop? Although there's been a lot of speculation about the social media involvement, the YouTubers and the TikTokers, the family's focus seems to have been on traditional media. What are your thoughts mm. on the family's criticisms? I think it's probably justified. Uh, now we go on three weeks. Now it's been like a three-week search. Initially, the family gave some interviews to the press, to the mainstream press, I think to Sky and a few other channels. Um, so initially, they, get, they were happy to, to speak to them. But that, that statement came out after, after Nicola's body had been found, or a, a body had been found at that point on the Sunday. It hadn't been identified. But they were contacted by some mainstream news channels um, when a body had been found. It hadn't at that point been identified. So I think that was, that was what specifically um, upset them. They weren't left in peace at that point. While they come to terms with what was possibly Nicky's body being found in the river, albeit it hadn't been identified at that point. So the criticism, I think, was probably rightly, rightly justified at, at the time it made it that there'd been so much speculation and so much coverage in the media at that point in time they just wanted almost to gather their thoughts come to come to terms with what would what's possibly going to take place um, and they were still being um still getting requests for comments and, and views from the media hmm. graham Wedden, thanks so much for speaking with us on sunday extra no worries julian thank you for listening to me that was former uk police officer graham wetton Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.